Hello, and welcome to Nevermind the Pain Points, a podcast dedicated to helping you unlock your business challenges. Pulling on our network of clients, partners, experienced employees, and industry experts, we wanted to share with you our views and opinions on common business challenges. As a consulting firm that deals with these pain points on a daily basis, we thought we were well-placed to give insights on addressing these challenges. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to our podcast, everyone, on what it means to be an ally in the LGBTQ community and beyond. Um, first of all, I want to just do a quick round the room, say thank you to our panellists for coming here and joining in with us today. Uh, my name's Will, and I'm going to be your fabulous host. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm a consultant in Clarisis. Um, I think, to me, the key thing about being an ally is just really agreeing that everyone deserves to go through life authentically without any risk or fear of discrimination um, or judgment. So uh, I'm Stephen, uh, I'm one of the directors at Clarisis. What does it mean to be an ally? I'm not entirely sure, to be totally honest. Um, I feel what it stands for is, I like the word authenticity that, that you use, um, but also just to just champion that that is a value that we should all stand by and if the business doesn't honour that then we need to call that out. Um, hello, I'm Michelle Tacky, one of the principal consultants at Clarisys. I'm also the People Experience and HR team lead. Um, for me and Ally, I don't want to sound like a robot and repeat what's, yeah. what I've already heard, so I think standing up and being um, present mm. is probably what being an ally means to me in this space and all other places where there's discrimination. Mm. Um, hi, I'm Niall Grant. I'm one of the consultants of Clarisys, also a member of the LGBTQ community. Um, Michelle just stole my line, but I was going to say allies are people that show up and kind of stand up for the things they believe for other people as well. Cool. Hi, I'm Mike Evans. I'm a senior consultant at Clarisys, and I think an LGBT ally, well, first of all, I want to say that I'm also a member of the LGBTQ community. Um, and I believe that an LGBT ally um, is a place of refuge, somewhere where someone can go to if they're feeling like they need support. Um, also a knowledge repository as well, so if you're a good ally you should know something about your community, especially if you're also a member of that community. So I speak um, on behalf of LGBT community as a gay man, I should know the rights and how my other fellow community members um, live and operate. And also, as an LGBT ally, you should be vocal as well. So don't be a bystander. Cool. Thank you, everyone. Um, so I think if we just move on to our first discussion point, which is what we think an ally is. So before this podcast, we put out a Google form to the whole company asking them what they think it means to be an LGBT ally. So we received around 20 responses to that. Um, and we've done some analysis since to try and put them into themes and see what kind of things come up and what things might be missing. Um, we also have, and I'm doing this in inverted commas, an official definition of what an ally is, and that's from the Stonewall website. Um, so the first thing I want to do is just give you guys an overview of what Stonewall say an ally is. Um, they say it's composed of five main themes or five main things. So the first one is about educating and empowering yourself. So Mike, to your point, doing some research, reading up online and figuring out what you need to know about the community that you're representing. The second one 
is about listening. So as allies, we have to listen to each other. We have to listen to what other people are going through and actually listen to uh, underrepresented groups and not assume that we know what they're thinking. The third point is around being visible and challenging. So if you hear or experience something which potentially is discriminatory or prejudiced, challenging people on that in, in the way that's appropriate for the situation. Um, the fourth point around influencing others. So think about how you can help others to come around to a more accepting way of thinking. So use platforms you have and use the channels and communication methods that you have to, to try and get others who may not think in this way to come around to that. And the last one, maybe this is the most important one, um, Obviously, this comes from the Stonewall website, so that's focused on LGBT issues specifically, but actually being an ally goes beyond being an LGBT ally. So it's important to think that there's many things which make up who someone is. You might be a member of the LGBT community, you might be from black, Asian or minority ethnic, and these things all interlock. So we need to figure out how we make sure that we're aware of all of those things when we're talking about being allies. I just wanted to say that that's all about intersectionality. So it's something that we've raised as the DNI team here before at Clarisys, and it's super important, you know, that you understand that you're more than just one thing. Everybody, whether you're gay, straight, or whatever, um, and the term was first coined actually by somebody who was investigating racism, but it very much applies to every person and every yeah. community. Yeah. So just around the room quickly. What, what do you guys think of what Stonewall say? Is there anything you challenge? I say I, yeah, I, I agree with that definition. I think something I noticed when reading through the responses on the form is that there were quite a few NAs where people had highlighted things that didn't come up in those five things, mostly around that kind of belief in equality. Um, obviously, the five points in the definition are a lot to do with the actions you can take, yeah. which I think, I think is really, really important. I mean, I obviously started the roundtable off a second ago and mine was very much about that belief. Mm. Obviously, the actions are equal to that, I would say. Um, both are important, um, so, yeah. yeah. So I agree with everything that Stonewall State and LGBT allies should be. I particularly like to focus on the education and empowering yourself point and I'd also like to focus on influencing others, especially from the point of view of being a gay man who knows people who are a member of the LGBTQ community who say, why do we need things like pride anymore? So I just want to give everybody a couple of statistics to tell you why you should educate and empower yourself, especially if you're from this community, but also if you want to become an ally, you should probably know things like Last year, 369 trans people killed themselves or were killed um, because of who they are. In the UK, is that? Um, this is worldwide. Um, hostility is stoked by governments such as um, those in Bangladesh. Um, also in places like Bangladesh, LGBTI activists are hacked to death um, by people with machetes. Um, people in sub-Saharan Africa still live in fear of discrimination and being hurt because of their sexuality or their sexual and gender identity. Same-sex sexual activity is still a crime in 70 countries in this world. Um, people are very much impacted in terms of social mobility by being gay, lesbian, trans, bi. 
um, outside of the UK. Um, and also, let's just reflect on the fact that only 52 years ago um, did the Sexual Offences Act come into play that decriminalised same-sex between two men um, who were 21 years old or over. So tell me that we don't need allies in this world. And that's why I think the education point that's made by Stonewall and also influencing others using your social media channels and challenging people who are bystanders or who are behaving in unacceptable, um, disrespectful ways is so important. Yeah, I think I would definitely agree with that. Um, one of the things myself being an ally I've actually struggled with is I'm a anyone that knows me will know that I'm a very detailed person and I love my facts and getting the insights but actually of all the things that I'm passionate about it's very hard for me to know all the facts when I needed to stand up and speak in that forum I needed to challenge myself to get up and speak mm. as an ally with probably one percent of the knowledge that actually is out there to still say what I needed to say and I think from the education point it's just something that we should be mindful of, like whilst it's definitely, definitely useful to make sure that you know your facts and to actually know about the things that you're talking in, to be brave to speak even if you don't know the facts and then actually to make sure that you're contextualising what you're saying. You're recognising that you're talking as an individual that actually might not know everything there is on a topic. Say what you have to say and then go and do your research. But like you need to still have a voice and still speak even if you don't have all the facts and just be opening to listen and really hearing people's experiences. I think the thing that stood out to me most about the Stonewall things is one, they're all about action. So there's so much, most people I would like to think are in support of equality and they know that's the great concept at the heart of it. But it's the action that sits behind that that differentiates you into becoming an ally. So the ally is the actual action and standing up and coming out and supporting the community. And actually thinking about that list, I think the hardest one is the one that we've just touched on, the educating yourself. Because it's easy to challenge when someone's out right in front of you saying something homophobic. But actually taking the time, your own time to go away and take the importance of educating yourself on the facts and the challenges. I think that's probably where most allies, even myself being part of the community, I don't really educate myself on all of the issues surrounding it. And it's just... I think that's actually a really important one, the more that we've spoken about it. Because it involves action on your part, not just action in a moment. Yeah. Um, and I just want to pick up on that and Alex, something that you said earlier. So to your point about there needing to be action. So for context, a lot of the responses that we got back talk about equality and surprising number of them maybe were quite passive comments. So. So you'd support anyone within the LGBT community as anyone who is outside, everyone is equal and therefore supported equally, supporting everyone to have the same equal opportunities. A lot of these, I guess, could be viewed as passive and not necessarily taking that action that we've just talked about. So just keen to get your guys' thoughts on that. Very quickly, think of like who leaves reviews on customer websites usually the people that are most disenchanted or the people who have something negative to say rather than those who have something positive to say. So yes, you might consider yourself to be an ally on the inside, but unfortunately, still in this day and age, LGBTQ plus individuals hear the negative things vocalized more often than the, this is wrong, I support you, let me fight with you comments. So in terms of being active, I would encourage people to 
to actually vocalize the fact that they like are either going to pride or that they think that what's going on in places like sub-saharan africa or brunei are unacceptable don't just leave don't just let the people with a bad review speak if you've got a good review and you support the lgbt community then you should probably stand up and say that so last year, unfortunately, can't come to Pride because it clashes with General Synod in July when we're in York. Um, but what I did last year was I wore one of the Clarice's Pride t-shirts. I put it all over my social media. I'm a bit outspoken, it <laughs> So everyone that was brave, brave enough to come and ask me, what, what's this t-shirt? It's not like you to be wearing this, blah, blah, blah. I was telling them about it and excited about like what we do and stuff. It's so interesting, right, because one of the reasons that LGBT community stands out is because of its difference and it's interesting you were just wearing one different piece of attire and so many people came up and wanted to have a conversation with you and it's unfortunate that two men holding hands, two women holding hands, whatever, doesn't encourage that or not kind of conversation but just like oh that's, that's different, I wonder why like what those people find interesting about each other like even though I'm not inclined that way like I, I can stretch my imagination and believe that two people are possible to fall in love even if they're not just of the opposite sex. Can I ask a question? Go so like I've had friends for example that I've known probably about 20-30 years mm -hmm. that have only really recently asked me the question of about your hair <laughs> do you like do you wash it the same as I do and all this sort of <laughs> stuff which is balmy but they genuinely asked me the question they meant they meant it with love so it was very interesting for me. People were inquisitive and they were curious and I hope kind in the way that they approached you. There's a, another way to do that right now. Open your mind a little bit yeah. and think, okay, there's a different way of living or a different way of loving or like not everything has to be the way I live my life. So no, kudos to you for standing up for us. Kudos to you, kudos to all of us. Thanks. Did you have a lot of apprehension, Michelle, about like, taking that stand? Or oh, what was the process? Question. If I'm being brutally honest, I acted before I thought. Um, and to me, that was the right thing. Because I'm a detailed person, I can get lost in my analysis mm -hmm. before actually I do the right thing. Um, so no, I didn't really think that much about it. So, so I stood up um, and spoke in the, de the, the debate about that report to sort of say, well, discrimination, blah, 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 blah. And then I proudly shared it with everybody. Like, I mean everybody. So everybody that was on my WhatsApp got a, you know, the three minute, my three minute speech about it. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I'm a black lady. Um, my origin is from Ghana. Um, Ghana is a country where actually homosexuality is a crime. And so again, I did not think about it and I literally shared it with everybody. The backlash I got from that of people trying to re-educate me about the Bible and tell me about my faith and my views and how that, you know, I need to be re-educated and all yeah. this sort of stuff. If I'm being brutally honest, I wasn't really expecting that um, in my small world of, well, it's, we're all equal, you know, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, maybe I would have thought more about my self-care of the aftermath of me, like, sharing. But I by no means think I shouldn't have done it. I'm glad I've done it. I'm proud I've done it. And I, you know, still have those conversations with people from close and afar about it. But, yeah, it's just something to be mindful of, I think. Yeah. So... Can I just pick up on that, Michelle? Because you mentioned there, so there's a lot of different things going on and it comes back to that point of intersectionality yep. again. As a black, Christian, straight woman, how do you deal with that situation when you're actually trying to be an ally of someone in LGBT but you, you have that going on? 
Sorry, that's a hard no, question. No, no, no. So we, I, I think we, <laughs> how, we... I guess, how does it make you feel, for one? And It's <coughs> a really good question. So um, I think we spoke about it earlier, about authenticity. So actually, I recognise, if I'm being brutally honest, I try and think about it as a, how would I like it if it was me? So I think about my own journey and my own experiences because of the many different facets that I can put ticks against. And whenever I'm thinking about it and you know processing whatever it is that happens to me I think about well hang on a minute how would I feel if it was one of my things that I can put a tick against and because of that I try and be authentic in what I say and my actions and I try and correct myself and also be vocal when I need to be vocal but if I'm being brutally honest I still don't forget all the facets that I'm from so in my speech I was standing up to sort of say as an example all racist, all discrimination is bad. I think bishops, my in a toned down voice than I'm maybe being now, saying, you know, I think what you did was wrong. I don't agree with the report, X, Y, Z. But everybody in this room, I want you to listen to my words very clearly. When I walk into a room, you know I'm black. So actually you have, you don't, I can't hide the fact that I don't want you to discriminate against me. And I can't hide that fact. So please do not come to me and tell me that it's the same as racism because I don't believe it is the same as racism. However, it's just as bad. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it may not be one of the things I put a tick against, but I disagree with this just like I disagree with all the other things. So, yeah, I guess in summary, I don't forget my own journey when I'm representing, when I'm being an ally, but I try and remind myself that it's just as bad and they're not none... One isn't more worse than the other, if you see what I mean. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but kind of, I think. That's it's my thought. Very complicated, isn't it? It is. Very yeah, very it complicated. Is. Can we get that speech? Yeah, or, it's yeah. on chatter. I'll, right, I'll just right. do a plus one or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think one of the things you just mentioned in terms of um, kind of the empathy side of it is one of the key things for me about being an ally, because. So a huge thing for me about being like is not to be patronising to a community, recognising that you know it's not about oh these poor people who can't stand up for themselves need me to like help them in any context in any of the different intersectionalities, um, but it's also just remembering that you know you don't have to be part of a community, a gender, a race to want to try and spread the view that like people deserve equal rights. I go back to my point before, people should be able to go through life authentically with all those intersections as individuals. And there's no one view that kind of stands up and there's no like one right way to live your life. There's no one right message to give, but you should respect everyone's different journeys and try and understand where they're coming from. And I, so, <laughs> Most people in this room will know that I'm a huge fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. That's by no means perfect in terms of its, um, it's the way it stands up for all facets of LGBTQ+. Yeah. Um, but they have had an amazing drag queen on recently called Nina West. She's one of my favourites. And she recently said one of my favourite quotes ever from the show, which is, um, we live in a climate at the moment where divisive rhetoric is winning. So we need to try and create this open, beautiful inclusive world um, and celebrate everyone's diversity. I agree. Love that. Yeah, I, I was 
I was, I was struck at the stats you gave earlier, Mike, actually. And they're just a snippet. Yeah, just <laughs> straight away. I mean, like from, a, from a, the education reason for, for being an ally is, is, is right there. Like, there's the example. Because, you know, a, a naive, skippy version of the world would be everybody would just love each other and everyone would be cool with that, right? But that's not the real world. And sadly, those stats back that up. Um, but thinking about context that we come from and what you were saying, Michelle, I was thinking about as a dad, you know, um, I've got two, two daughters. Being an ally for me, it's, it's quite interesting because I, I interpreted it slightly different. It wasn't as a, as, a, as, a, as a at a campaign level to stand up for something specific. Mm. It was to educate my kids and make them understand that authenticity and acceptance and discrimination, you know, they're all they're all terms and vocabulary that they should be mm-hmm. that should be, should be normal, and and my hope for them is that they grow up and I think sadly because of those stats there will always be a need for these kind of roles but maybe there is there is a future where they don't they don't they don't have to champion or campaign for a minority or discriminated group because it'll just be the way that they're used to it yeah so but that, but that but that doesn't happen overnight right and that, that's probably you know me being wildly optimistic and unrealistic but. I think an ally for me isn't just targeted at the LGBTQ plus community. It's as a, as, a, as a parent, as a human being, there are certain things that you need to stand up for and, and call out that are wrong. And equipping people with the right, well, the facts and education and the, and the perspective on life, because a, a lot of discrimination sadly comes from ignorance, not through malice. And I think the ignorant bit we can control the malicious bit, that's a, there's a you know, different, different agenda. To your point on education, you would hope that we could influence it, but unfortunately I can't remember the name of the campaign, but there's a movement to ensure that LGBTQ plus stories and relationships are told in schools from the age of, I think five or six onwards. There are movements inside of London, outside of London that are trying to ban that education happening for children. So, wow. when, so when it's banned from wow. schools and it's banned from the home, if that's not being spoken about, then unfortunately ignorance will continue to persist. Right. It will turn into malice because of the lack of information. The name of the campaign, No Outsiders Campaign, it's the school in Birmingham, right? It's an issue of interse- intersectionality because mm-hmm. it was in a very Muslim area in Birmingham and that's the reason why the parents kind of said that their kids uh, couldn't couldn't be participating in those lessons. Um, it's really just, interesting. Sorry, just on that really, really quickly. I think one of the things that, not saying we're doing it here, but just on reflection of some of the things we spoke about that we need to be careful of, is we just spoke there about the campaign being in Birmingham, it being in an area which was Muslim. There are Muslim LBGTI plus people yep. who would disagree with yes. a lot of the comments that are coming from their fellow brothers and sisters of faith around the same topic. So we just need to be mindful of that when we're grouping and thinking about things as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cool. Um, we should probably caveat that with anybody we mentioned, yeah. right? Any community yeah. in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're not speaking for them. Yeah. No. <laughs> we're not speaking for everyone, we're speaking for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Any other thoughts around what it means to be an ally? Um, any of the last gems that anyone wants to bring in? I did have a thought just when Alex, you were speaking, and Mike, you were speaking about um, education, because I was thinking all of those things, changing them in the education system would definitely help. 
no doubt about it. But when I think of something, some things that are so intrinsic in just society in general, so I think about racism, we have a Black History Month, we've tried to incorporate more things, but racism is still alive and kicking and probably getting stronger, I would argue. So it's like an interesting thought of, I think I'm starting to see the interplay between how those different themes are all playing together because I was thinking someone is way more likely to educate themselves if they get challenged on their view. So if I challenge someone and I say this is wrong because you, what you just said was fundamentally wrong because of this, that's one them getting a bit educated and then that'll, that's more likely to motivate someone to care about the issues than getting it fed to you through the schooling system. I just think some things are so fundamental that <laughs> the challenge is what's required to spark, spark the education. That's really good. Yeah. I had a debate with a fellow Christian around this topic actually and one of the turning points for our discussion I wouldn't by any means say that I'm not clued up on all the knowledge but I've read a couple of books here and there um but the our turn of discussion was when I sort of framed it as a how would you feel if your granddaughter or grandson came to you and said that they were a member of the that you know mm-hmm. they they could relate to or were gay or you know lesbian or etc and actually, when we started to personalise our conversation a bit more, her language changed. Mm-hmm. Actually, her language was more human, thinking about what we were talking about um, before. She was a lot more thoughtful in her views and equally explained her rationale more um, to a point that it made me realise that there is an element of education to Stephen's point and to your point earlier and it's also just sometimes these things are very abstract and we forget that there are people behind the things that we may disagree with or agree with but actually if you bring it back to an individual or a person that they love it's not a manipulation thing it's just to stop to get you to stop and think about really are you really that strong about that view or is it just a case of because you've dehumanized it in some way it's getting them to challenge the thinking behind their opinions yeah yeah i think it's really important though because you have to remember it's only 16 years ago actually that in this country sorry just for context the um it's important that we have these conversations and we're vocal about things like the protests against the No Outsiders campaign because it's only actually 16 years ago since they repealed Section 28 in this country, which was a law which prevented schools from promoting homosexuality. Um, so, you know, it's not a long time ago and the scary stuff going on in the world, which doesn't kind of, it's not encouraging. Um, I think it was only this weekend Anne Widdicombe came out to say something that she still thinks science may hold a cure for gay conversion. So oh, uh, but it's not quite scary. Dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah. Don't think that is. Yeah, I actually saw a tweet that said something like, Will science find a cure for Anne Widdicombe? <laughs> <laughs> no but no but seriously, yeah, like yeah. in a world where um, in isn't it? Alabama, I don't want to make that up. Somewhere in the States, I can't remember which state has now just um, reversed laws on abortion, making it more difficult for women unless they've been raped or the child is born from uh, from incest or it's within the first six weeks, um, a woman can't have um, an abortion. I think the same might be going on in Georgia and Louisiana. Similar conversations are happening. 
So, you know, everyone might be tuning into the next series of Handmaid's Tale next week thinking Margaret Atwood's dystopian novel um, is never going to come to light. Well, you know, just look at some of the stuff that's going on in the world right now because actually the moment we pause, any kind of activism or any kind of um, generation of new allies is the moment that... um, you know, we only have to look away for one second and things could go really bad for this community, our community. Yeah. Also in Alabama, there was an episode of Arthur where there was a gay wedding and they they, were, they banned it. <laughs> the headline was Alabama bans gay rat wedding, which I thought was hilarious. I realised that was real. I, yeah, that no, no, that I saw so many memes about <laughs> with like rats holding hands. <laughs> now it all makes sense. <laughs> that was a really good, interesting discussion. So thanks everyone. That wraps it up and brings us to the end of part one of our LGBTQ podcast for 2020. But please do stay tuned for part two, which will be coming soon. Thank you and goodbye for Clarissa.